You are listening to the Notion Creator Podcast, where we interview, we talk, we laugh with our fellow Notion lovers. Today we have our special guest, Sarah, who is the creator of Notion for Designers. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, welcome, Sarah. So welcome to the Notion Creator Podcast. Can you help to introduce a bit about yourself to the audience? Sure. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Sarah. I am the founder of Notion for Designers. I'm also the owner, CEO, and creative director at 99 in St. Clair. Uh, so I actually started out doing websites and branding uh, for small teams, mainly the nonprofit space, and quickly started to realize that a lot of people I was working with just had no system. They were just kind of running in chaos. And if y'all follow me online, you know anything about what I do, I'm very focused on systems, help your strategy, and it can also break your strategy. So it doesn't matter if you have a good logo, if you can't do the back end work. It doesn't matter. So that's when I had actually found Notion about three and a half years ago. Um, and I've been creating on there ever since. So I do a lot of builds for my design clients. And then I also do, I don't want to say coaching, but consulting and build outs for other teams, specifically small teams as well. So that's a little bit about me. And I'm here in Austin. If that, I'm in the tech com- co- country, whatever you want to call it, right? The, the Silicon Valley of Texas, if any of y'all listening are in the States. Yeah, thanks for your introduction, Sarah. So what I heard about is quite exciting when you mentioned about system, because I, mm-hmm. can, I can notice that you're actually quite a systematic person in terms mm-hmm. of like uh, your Twitter, you're managing the Twitter, your YouTube, your websites, and then your own personal like consulting coaching that you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. And then mm-hmm. you have been posting a lot on Twitter. Like I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> almost every day. Yeah, yeah. I'm, ter- I'm currently doing uh, Tweet 100 from Jay Klaus which is a challenge where you tweet every day, very meaningfully for a hundred days. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I come across as very organized online, but I actually am an INTJ. If y'all are familiar with the Myers-Briggs. And so I am the most notorious person for not writing anything down. I can have the most beautiful system doesn't help me write things down. So it's uh, it's always fun to talk about systems because I'm really good at building them for other people, but following them myself, it just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, you actually already answered one of my questions. Because oh, like in your videos, like <laughs> you always mention yourself as an INTJ. So that's mm-hmm. quite interesting. I think I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm FP. So kind of similar way, like I used to be very messy too. Like mm-hmm. kind of learn, slowly learns how to be organized. Yeah, it, it takes a while. And I think too, I mean, I think that's why I love Notion, excuse me, so much is because if you look at all of these other box softwares like Asana or Trello, you know, their engineering is built the way they want it to be built. And I, that's why I love Notion so much is because you build it to how your brain works, not being told how to use it, right? Obviously you need plugins and things like that. But for us, you know, people who are generally have ADHD, we're neurodivergent or disorganized. It's really interesting to come into a software and feel validated for the first time, I feel like ever, where you don't have to overly color code things. You don't have to learn new systems and try to train your brain. You can instead use this software. You can train the software to match your brain instead. Yeah, it sounds like what you're mentioning is like just Notion is in itself, it's like very personalized. You know, you can mm-hmm. customize it based on what your needs, right? Because a lot of times yeah. like those like, I, I've used like personally used like Evernote, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, they, they did the job, but then some it's something just doesn't feel right. There's some, some quirks that I want to edit, like 
Notion actually caters for that. Mm-hmm. It does. So can you tell me a bit, tell us a bit about how you started with Notion? Like, is it just in your early days, like high school or any needs? Sure. Yeah. So I actually come from Trello. So I was on Trello all through college. I don't actually. I don't even remember what I was using in high school. Probably nothing, to be honest. I almost didn't graduate high school. And then I went on to college and I was using Trello at my day job alongside a system that I had actually built in Microsoft Access um, alongside IT. Basically, we'd owed a bunch of money to the city because we didn't have a system in place. And so that was really like the first system I had ever built was on Microsoft Access. And then I got the team to start using Trello because it was just a little prettier, right? Microsoft tools are not pretty at all. And so they're really hard to look at. And I used Trello for probably maybe five or six years. And one thing that just was not clicking for me that I really did not enjoy about Trello was, you know, you had all these different boards, but there was no way to connect the data. And coming from the data world, I mean, I was in compliance for six, seven years. I needed a way to see the bird's eye view of everything and then be able to kind of funnel down into the data I needed. And that was, that was my biggest bone to pick with Trello was it just wasn't connecting. And I don't know where I had found Notion. I think it was maybe just like a Google search of new software. I definitely did not find it on YouTube or anything like that, which is also interesting because I've known Thomas Frank for over 10 years. And I know he's one of kind of the original Notion users. And I don't even think I found it through him. I think you follow his blog, right? I do. Yeah. I've, I've been following uh, Thomas Frank, I think seriously since like 2011 when he was doing college info geek. And uh, yeah, I found, I'd found notion, I think maybe in like the middle of the summer in 2019 and have just full heartedly dived into it. And it, it was really exciting because at first it was really overwhelming of like, oh my God, it's a blank slate. No one's ever given me a blank slate before even designing on Squarespace. You still have a lot of restrictions. And so when I had found Notion, I think I sat for a good week straight and did nothing but set my Notion boards up and figure out what, how to use it and what to do. And no one was really on the Notion train yet. It was still a very obscure software. Yeah. Like no one really knew about it. And so I think that I kind of came in at a great time, especially now with Notion for Designers and my YouTube channel, because no one really knew about it back then. And so it's been nice to kind of be ahead of that bell curve, if you will, of all of the creators now jumping on, you know, the template design train and all of those things. Um, but yeah, that's that's how I how I did it. And I mean, I don't use any other software but Notion. I know some people, you know, pair it with ClickUp or pair it with Dubsado, um, but I do everything in Notion from collecting contract signatures to proposal approvals, client management, goal setting. Um, We even, I mean, I even map like the financial planning of my businesses. And I mean, I do everything in Notion. So it's really interesting to, to have a software that, molds as you grow as well. And you don't, I don't ever feel like in all this time, uh, I've ever like phased out of it too. Because when I found Notion, I was maybe, I was probably, yeah, I was still part-time at my day job. And cause I full-time then went into, did, went into part-time before I ultimately quit and to run my business. And, uh, and I was maybe, 
making, I think maybe that year I made like 40,000 and now we're doing six figure plus and in the system we built two years ago still works for us, which is, which is really cool. It's a really cool way to, to kind of let it hold your hand as you grow. Now, that's actually very colorful, like just introductions in general. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that you mentioned about your system. So that's actually one of the things that I'm personally interested about. And mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I started the podcast. So one, obviously, is just to grow my, uh, my audience on Twitter. The mm-hmm. second is actually just to learn from you guys, like mm-hmm. how you guys started your business. Because I wasn't sure. from a big business background, but I'm from an IT background. So mm-hmm. it's always interesting like to see how you design your website, especially because mm-hmm. I went have a look at your 99 cent clear. Mm-hmm. So I love how you you have these structures and how business, how the clients, customers can contact you. So based mm-hmm. on their needs. And then you yeah. have like a lead in to, to just book your time. So can you go help us walk through a little bit about the things that you're doing right now? Like yeah. So yeah, like just about 99 or yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. You want. Mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So 99 is really cool because we primarily serve impact brands. So that's, you know, being in the nonprofit space for the last 10 years, that's my core is serving people. I mean, that's just who my personality is. And so I like to carry that from my first business over to now Notion Consulting. And and I do a lot of um, like internal culture building for teams as well from a consultant side. So it's not just identity, right? It's how does your team work together? How do you, what processes do you have in place that really help you as a team achieve more and feel like everyone's important? And that was something that I definitely did not have in my day job that I am very vocal about. Um, especially it being my first ever job. I, I felt like I really missed out on a lot of developmental things that you normally get in your first job. And so I've really made it my mission with everybody that I work with now, regardless of what service that we offer them and they book us for, is that they feel important. They feel like their needs are being met. And I think one thing that really helps us stand out too is that while we are an agency, we do not charge like an agency. And so, you know, it's really important for me that everybody has a seat at the table, no matter where you come from, which is why also, you know, my temple bundles and things like that are, are low ticket. And I'm really proud of that, that, you know, somebody who's just starting their business there in their first month or their first six months can afford to have strong systems behind them to help them achieve rather than, you know, I think about Thrivecart, right? Thrivecart is $200 a month. That is insane for software. That is an insane cost. And so I look at it as, you know, if I can help somebody start their system and they can earn, you know, one more proposal a month than what they were doing before. I mean, we worked with a client a couple of months ago who was struggling at kind of the $2,500 mark. That's what she was consistently booking with her work. And now she's landing $50,000 projects. And it's all because of the system and the strategy that we put in place, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, so, you know, 99 is, is my baby. It's my first ever business. And now, you know, I'm expanding out to my personal brand and, and really sitting here and thinking about how can I make more room at the table for people? And so one thing I'm working on from not only the notion for designer side, but just my community in general is what does a sliding scale look like? I think as creators, you know, we're told, okay, you need to book low ticket or you need to sell low ticket, right? So $17 sells. $20 
$27 sells. Don't go above 97 because then people are going to be afraid to buy from you. And then you have kind of your luxury pricing, right? Which you're assuming is 997 in US dollars. And so, you know, I just, I feel like so many people are getting left out. And so I'm working on a model that I've personally never seen done before, which is a sliding scale. So this is something that we're going to be rolling out in kind of an expansion of my community is based on where you're at in your business and the success you've had. That's how much you'll pay to have access to me, which I've never seen happen before. And yeah, and I'm really excited to, to allow more people to feel included. I think too, One thing I love about the notion space, and I was talking to somebody about this um, yesterday was, you know, the notion space is so non-political. It's not gender biased, where as a female creator, I'm consistently surrounded by the boss babe and the freelancing female and pink and don't work more than four hours a day, or you're going to be overworking yourself. And one thing that I am so obsessed with about our community of notion creators is that we're all just humans. No one cares about where you live. No one cares about what you look like, what color you are, who you love. If you're female, if you're male, like it, none of that matters. And this is the first community where it's solely about creating. And it just, it makes me so obsessed to do more. Like it, it really makes me want to do more. And I think about like Islo who's 19 or maybe he's 20 now and he's doing thousands of dollars, like tens of thousands of dollars. And it's so impressive to me because I feel like as a creator, when I first got started, you know, going into the, the boss babe space, you know, everyone was telling you what you, what they thought you needed to hear based on their own corporate trauma. And I feel like it pushed me back. It really kind of set this weird tone for me that I had to apologize for having a YouTube channel, having a business, selling templates, having passive income, because I'm obsessed with what I do. I mean, people made me feel so bad. And so I've made it my mission, all of that to be said, because I could go on a huge tangent. I'm so sorry, (laughs) but all of that to be said, I really just, I've made it my mission to make sure everyone's included and carry forward this community that Notion has built. And I'm obsessed with it. So sorry for that long answer. (laughs) I know that's wonderful. And actually kind of fits what you actually uh, post on your tweet. So one of the tweet that I saw is, you're quite surprised when people say thank you, when you actually provide additional values, like during your consultation yeah. without any yeah. charges. So it kind of matched with your values, like you just want to provide more values to people mm-hmm. and connect with other people, like through your business. Mm-hmm. And actually another thing that you mentioned is quite interesting about just you being a boss lady, like just starting out on internet, right? Because like, especially mm-hmm. Notion and mm-hmm. just social media in general, mm-hmm. right? the business model itself is actually very different compared to traditional ways of doing business. Yeah. Personally for me, like sometimes I felt a bit, I felt lonely. Like it's quite mm-hmm. difficult to find people to consult. Like yeah. you, you can't just find someone who is very successful at traditional business and ask them mm-hmm. for advice. Yeah. Just curious, like, what's your process like to get started? Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting you bring that tweet up because I, I don't know. I feel like every every time I give somebody even 10 minutes of my time and they're like, I just can't believe you did that. I'm like, why? 
why can't I get on a 10 or 15 or even, even like, and that tweet was actually about my friend Eloise, who she's a notion illustrator. She lives in Africa. She's a wonderful human. And she just had given me this huge thank you of, I can't believe like you're just taking the time to talk to me and give me advice. And I, I think if more people did that, and I think so many more people would be better off. You know, when you think about these paywalls, right? And putting your best information behind a paywall, it really sets a lot of people back because one, they either can't afford it, or two, your content is not proving that it's worth paying for that content. Or three, which I hear almost daily is people are charging top tier dollar for things and then they're not even providing what they've promised. I mean, I've had people on several occasions tell me they paid 7,000 or more for coaching programs and they got more value out of my $60 product than what they paid thousands of dollars for. And so for me, you know, one thing that my favorite, one of my favorite creators, his name's Shay Serrano, he is a, he used to be a teacher here in, uh, in San Antonio. And now he is a New York times bestseller. I think he has three or four books on the NYT list. And, um, I went to a book signing a couple of years ago and right before that he had retweeted something I wrote in undergrad about how rappers are actually historians. That was what my thesis was on. And one day he had just said, you know, send me whatever you're working on. And I said, he's never going to read this. He's never going to read this. He's never going to see me in his notifications, but you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. And he ended up retweeting me, which got me a writing job. And when I ended up going to his book signing a couple months later, I, you know, I looked him dead in the eye and I said, you probably don't remember that you, all you did was click the retweet button. And I just want, you to know, it changed my life. It got me recognition. It got me writing job. Like, I just want to say thank you. Like, thank you from the bottom of my heart because you didn't have to do that, you know? And he looked me dead in the eyes and he said, Sarah, when you get to where I am, you are going to reach back and help somebody else up. And that has been my number one value since that day. And I think that happened maybe in like 2017. I mean, it was a long time ago now. And so anytime somebody thanks me, for it, I think about that moment of how inspiring that was for me. And if I can spend, we have so much time in a day that if you can't spend 10 to 15 minutes, not scrolling TikTok and instead at answering a question or talking to someone meaningfully, then what are you doing? You know, and I'm not judging anybody who doesn't do it, right? It's not for everybody to mentor, make space, you know, you don't have to do that. But I just know that you know, it doesn't necessarily fulfill me, but I know how much farther it's going to take somebody. And so, yeah, that, that tweet, that's what that tweets about. Yeah. Um, you, you yeah. never know <laughs> how much like a small favor can do for other people. Yeah. So just to share a bit, like, so I actually recently spoke to Eloise. So shout mm-hmm. out to Notion Utopia. So I promised yeah. her that. So Love what, her. What, happened was, <laughs> what happened was that I was talking to her, just asking for some advice, right? And she came back with like a huge replies. Mm-hmm. So probably... I'm, I'm not sure. It might be that you inspired her yeah. because you were helping her and then she's trying to help more people too. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And I think too, you know, like something you had touched on is, you know, especially being in this space, right? Being a consultant, you know, there's so much kind of weight to that word. What does that mean? How much experience do you need to do that? And I think, you know, like I tell everybody, any experience is experience. And so thinking about like the process and how, you know, you kind of reach out to people. I've only, 
and y'all, this is like secret information, but I've only done like four custom notion builds. Okay. Maybe five I, I'm on my fifth or sixth one now, but I just started doing custom builds because I had no idea how to market doing custom builds. Now, mind you, Notion for Designers came about because I had a single person, she owns a design agency in Dublin, Ireland, messaging me consistently from my YouTube channel saying, do no build Notion out for me, do this, build it, please. Like probably eight times before I finally wow. responded to her. And I was like, fine, I'll do it. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I charged her, I think like $300 and built this whole thing out for her, which ultimately became Notion for Designers. And from there, I was like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to sell this service. I just know how to build websites. That's, you know, that's my background. And I really was kind of afraid to expand into a different lane. And then I started looking at the data. I started looking at the strategy calls I was having with clients. And one day I basically, you know, had recommended to somebody, hey, let me build a system for you. And then I had another client of mine find me on YouTube and bought one of my bundles. So I have Notion for designers and then I sell Notion for agencies, which is team focus. It's same as Notion for designers, just built as a team focus. And, uh, and they found me, they bought the bundle and immediately was like, this is incredible. Just build it for us. And that was my first client. And that was in November. And so I've had all these templates and everything for over a year and didn't start building. And so I feel like I'm still learning what notion consulting looks like, but what I do know is I know how to solve problems. And so all those other details come, you know, I tell everybody if you're starting a new service or, you know, testing a new software with a client, just say, yes, Google is your best friend, right? And if you're worried about executing it, tack on an extra week or two. So you have time to, to research, but I think what has always worked for me in my businesses and, you know, on the consulting side at 99 is the way that I build relationships. You know, I don't, I don't do cold leads. I'm hundred percent referral. I've never written a cold email in my life. I don't know how to, uh, because I, I so heavily focus in on the person I'm talking to. And I'm really proud that every client I've worked with cries at least once working with me because they're like this aha moment. It's awesome. It's uncomfortable a little bit, but I love it. Right. And so you think about when you think about that process and, and finding confidence in starting a new service or jumping in, you know, from going from a notion creator and making templates and just selling them passively to transitioning into being an actual one-on-one -on -one builder, I think it all comes down to relationships. You know, another, another thing, don't talk shit online. I think that is something that has could make or break you. And I see so many people that will air out the dirty laundry of their clients or air out, you know, things that aren't, you know, like they say, like not safe for work, right? Like not safe for the internet. And so how you, how you come across, I think signs way more clients and builds way more relationships than anything else could. That's the only advice I can give. I don't know. <laughs> oh, thanks for that I feel I figure it all out once they say yes. You know, I don't I have processes obviously, but I think it comes down to the way that you you talk to people, you know, and and listen to them and and let them air it out. You know, sometimes people mm -hmm. just need to be heard. So mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I like that. So I'm actually personally like studying counseling. 
So it kind of makes me smile when you said that <laughs> your goal is like kind of make your client crying, client cry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After every session, it's like it kind of similar to counseling. Like just if my client, yeah. clients cry, right? It means that I did a great job. Yeah, exactly. So kind of if, they, if they release it, man, let them release it. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks for sharing that, Wise. I think from what I'm hearing from you, it's like, so there are probably three things. I think from my side that I heard. So one is like, what makes you successful? Is that you always put people first, right? Like you make connection with them, make sure their needs are met and always provide extra value. Mm-hmm. And second thing is like, actually this is not just what you shared, also based on what you have shared on your Twitter, is that you're mm-hmm. always learning. So yep. based on your content that you show, like you, you tried Figma, you tried learn how to time block, you mm-hmm. learn about the, the 10K framework, I think mm-hmm. about Kehi, yeah. I, oh yeah, that's... yeah. I'm I'm super interested in the 10K framework. I'm trying to figure out how to incorporate it now. But if y'all don't know what that is, go on my Twitter and look at it because it's wonderful. <laughs> I'm still trying to learn that too. Like it's fascinating, but I have no idea how to use this. But exactly. <laughs> but I think that's that's the thing too, right? Is you find a system or you find a process and then you mold it to what works for you. I was listening to I think the second episode of your podcast and you guys were talking about template creations. It's like, there's so many things out there, but really narrowing in on what works for you and then cutting out the rest of the noise is so important, right? Like it's a great theory, but does it work for you? I don't know. Does it work for me? Couldn't tell you yet, but you know, it doesn't always hurt to try either, you know? And I think that's, that's the most important part. But also too, if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? If your processes work, it's cool to learn about other ones, but don't, you don't need to, to bog down your time implementing something you don't need. I think that's the cool thing about learning, like constantly learning is that even though there's something new that came to you, you, mm-hmm. you actually have the confidence to tell people that, yeah, I think that's cool, but this is not for me. I'm exactly. finding what I have because you already mm-hmm. have the exposure compared, mm-hmm. compared to like, if you don't know anything, right? People can just tell you how you should do your business how you should create a notion templates, how you should promote yep. on Twitter. Yep. And that's, you know, I think that's kind of the beauty of my community too, is that, you know, we've got this awesome bundle. It's like, if you don't really have time to do the work, not that you don't necessarily want to do it, but it's just not something that you need on your to-do list right now. Mm-hmm. Buy my bundle, use my processes no one's going to judge you for that. There's over 500 people that have that bundle. Like no one's going to judge you for using it. Um, but if you do really want your processes validated, that's part of my community As I sit here and I don't tell you that you have to do it one way or it's wrong. And I think that is the issue with a lot of the creator community. And I'm sure everyone listening does not want to hear me say that, but I think so many people don't have enough confidence in who they're serving to allow the people that are in their audience to have their own voice. I think there's so many people who are just so focused on if they don't do this the way that I, that I've sold it and I'm teaching it, then they have failed. And that's just not, that's just not the case at all. You know, a lot of people too, you know, most of their process works. There's probably just a few things that need to be tweaked, but it doesn't mean you have to wipe the entire process to, to be validated. And if I could, tell the community to get anything it's do that let people be validated the way that they need to be not invalidate people because you know like the thing right now if you don't make 10k months you're not successful well you know what 
sometimes people just want to pay their bills and all that looks like is 3k a month and that is mm -hmm. totally okay it, there's nothing wrong with that so that that's my piece that's what i'm gonna say because <laughs> i'm sure i'm gonna yeah. anger a lot of people listening right now <laughs> no I, actually there's some truth to that even not not on business like but even for notion right because like a lot of times mm -hmm. like you might build like very complicated systems so mm -hmm. i recently have an experience with my partner so I, mm -hmm. i'm just introducing notion to her so what happened mm -hmm. was that i tried to build this database this link database like just with graphs and stuff like that and then yeah. she told me yeah this is too complicated what yeah. works for her is just like <laughs> a kanban board and then just a tempest with like notes and then just mm -hmm. that's it for her like but yep. it's like yeah it's like during block by block stuff. yeah it's like during block by block you know marie poland showed her system and i'm i'm a very heavy notion user and i looked at her stuff i'm going she's crazy like how does she how does she have such an in-depth system like i just my brain just doesn't work that way so everybody needs what they need you know and i think that's again the beauty of of the software that we're using is it it tailors to everybody right yeah i think we've actually talked for almost 30 minutes now i'm actually okay. quite surprised oh <laughs> sorry <laughs> So is your time okay? Like, are you in a hurry? Oh yeah, I, I can keep going. Yeah, I've probably got another 20 minutes and then okay. I'll have to hop off because I've got I've got to go grab dinner. Yeah, actually, just a few more questions probably like, maybe the, not, the, the things that I noticed about you that you mentioned quite, I'm quite interested about is you mentioned you're recently transitioning from freelancing and moving mm -hmm. into a business mindset. Oh yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm curious like how you do the transition like, and yeah. what, what changes? I'm still learning that. Uh, yeah. So I think specifically, you know, with 99, I started out by myself and I, you know, was a freelancer. I mean, I've never called myself a freelancer. I think that that just, it sounds like you take orders from other people where my business has always been set up that I'm the creative director. These are my processes. And, and, you know, for full context, for those of you who don't follow me online last year at 99, I built 28 websites and did 15 full brand packages. I, I had a new client almost every other Monday all last year. I took one week vacation. That was it. And it was forced. And so I've always run my business to be, these are my processes. This is my timeline. That is what you're agreeing to. We're not going to sit here and you're going to drag your feet like you are agreeing when you sign my contract to respect my own boundaries. And so hearing the term freelance for me has never felt like what I just explained, but you know, do you call yourself a CEO when you're a team of one? Do you call yourself, like, what do you call yourself? Right. And I've never used the term graphic designer either because I've done so much more. I've never I've never sold just a logo. It's always been a full package or yeah. a website. And so um, <clears throat> what last year, maybe like June, I hired my first contractor who is a VA and I started to realize, okay, I can make an actual company out of this. It's not just me anymore. And from then on, I really started working on our three to five year master plan of 
what, what number team do we want? What kind of departments do we want? You know, do I want to pay everybody's healthcare? That's something that's really important to me is to be able to offer my team healthcare. And we quickly grew. We're a team of four right now, four and a half. Cause I have a, I have somebody who's kind of just ad hoc. Uh, I have a copywriter that's ad hoc. So like four and a half, five. And, uh, yeah. So we transitioned last June into being an agency. And so in that moment, you know, I really stepped into, okay, I'm the business owner here. Like I'm responsible for other people's bills. I'm responsible for them being able to put food on their table. You know, everybody pretty much on my team, except for one person has kids, right? So I'm responsible for them to be able to send their kid to daycare or pay for dance class. And so with that, what does transitioning from freelance to, um, you know, I like to call us badass CEOs, right? What does that look like? And so I really sat last summer and, and mostly last fall looking at our processes of this is what's sustaining us. This is where, you know, the next level, this is how we're going to grow and really grow into a company. And it really took a lot of, you know, reflection on where we're at, a lot of process auditing, but I still, from an, you know, internally, we're great. We're strong. We, you know, we are a company, right? We're doing great things. We've got missions and, you know, my team gets benefits. Like they get a learning stipend every year. They get a week paid a vacation. Um, and then also we do like paid volunteering hours. Volunteering is very important to me. And so, um, that's all great. But when we look externally, I feel like there's a very specific clientele that doesn't give a shit. If you are, you know, if you're an agency, they're still going to treat you like you're a contractor. And so what does it look like to stand out and be a leader for your business externally? So they respect you more when they decide to hire you. And one thing that I've been doing to kind of build that, which I'm sure you've seen on my Twitter, um, is reading the book founder brand, honestly changed my life. And I am like, not one of those, like, woohoo kind of people. And that is not that book, but what founder brand does it's by Dave Gearhart. He is the CMO at Privy. He also worked at Drift. The entire book is how do you align yourself as the founder, as the CEO to help drive the company forward. And so that's really what inspired me to start a professional Twitter. That's why I'm doing tweet 100 because I want people to see me more than just an executor. I want people to start seeing me as a thought leader and an expert in my space, right? I don't just develop a website. I don't just do branding. I'm building your business from the inside out. And that was something that was really important. And I think kind of that final piece to be able to transition and even like, you know, the term creator, I don't call myself a creator. I wish I could. It just, it just sounds weird. I don't know. I think it's, you know, it's, I hit a thousand subscribers on YouTube. I'm like, this is weird. Like, this is very weird for me. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, that transition and how you align yourself, you know, there's certain things now I don't talk about online. I keep things very clear on the path that I'm focused on in terms of my content and the inspiration I want to provide to people and the value. Um, and again, like going back to your values, turning your values into principles is I think is ultimately like what has clicked that shift of, you know, we say, you know, you value honesty, right? Well, how do you live that out? How do you live out that you're a transparent brand? And that's why I talk about the things that I do on Twitter, right? Like today, 
I literally tweeted saying that I hate Gumroad's pricing tier. Yeah, I just saw that. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it took a lot of guts to hit tweet on that because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, the other day I had tweeted that I was thinking about leaving Flowdesk for ConvertKit because everyone's telling me to move to ConvertKit and Flowdesk tweeted me back and I didn't even tag them. And so for me, I'm always in that like paranoid state of like, oh my God, what's somebody going to think if I don't say something positive? But I think that goes back to my values is people value that I am transparent, that I'm not afraid to put it out into the world, how to be a better business owner, how to be a better person. And that's why I tweet that thing about Gumroad too. I'm like, I think it's, I don't know if I can swear on this podcast, but yeah, I think it's can. bullshit that they charge new creators 9% mm -hmm. until you hit a thousand dollars. And then it goes yeah. down to 7%. I've made over $20,000 on Gumroad and I'm still paying 5% fees. I think that it's ridiculous. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually I wrote the notes here, like one of the questions like, so Sarah is opinionated, but probably I should change it to Sarah is transparent. <laughs> yeah, I'm very transparent. About, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm and I like to say too, Gumroad. like I'm a no bullshit brand, you know, I think that's, why a lot of people, you know, align with me too, is I'm not afraid to, to say, yo, like this messed up, like, you know, and I, and even when I work with my clients, like I tell people to look, you're probably going to be uncomfortable at some point, but being uncomfortable is the only way that you grow. And so you have to get uncomfortable in order to be comfortable. And I tell people straight up in our strategy calls, like what you're doing is not working. What you're, what you think is great for you sucks for your client. And we need to sit here and figure this out. And, you know, they hate me in the moment, but six months later, nine, you know, 90 days after we launched, they're thanking me and, you know, giving me all the accolades. So what can I say, you know? Yeah, in general, like what I found most interesting about you is you focus a lot on branding and communities because mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. you, you actually don't have a lot of like, I mean, in, on YouTube, you're at around 1,000 followers, like subscribers, yep. and then Twitter is like yep. 200 plus. But then you mm -hmm. actually have a very strong business like that you built on yeah. the community that you already have. It's like you focus on the community, uh, the brand, rather mm -hmm. than like just social numbers, like stats, right? Yeah. Like followers count. Yeah. Yeah. One of my my mentors, Jay Klaus, he also has a community that he just launched. I, I kind of joined as a, as a beta member, but I've been following him for years. And, you know, one thing that he talks a lot about is what is the gratification level versus what's the engagement level? And I, I've always, I never could put like a phrase to it, but I've never cared about numbers, right? I'm not sitting here going, oh my God, I have to have the blue check. I have to be verified. Like, I don't care about any of that. But if I just change one person's life and, you know, their, their business is better, their day is better because I took a picture of my dog and shared it on Instagram or my plants, like happy to do it. You know, and I, I think that's, it's really interesting when you, when you look at specific creators that they're very focused on showing their numbers and showing their sales numbers. I mean, I don't, I don't really talk about my numbers online because me telling you that I've made almost $30,000 on Notion for designers, what does that do for you? Nothing. It doesn't, maybe it's like, okay, I'm going to push harder, but chances are it's going to make you feel really shitty for about five mm -hmm. minutes because you're like, why am I not doing that? Right. Yeah. But the thing about it is what did it take to get to that point? It took me turning down someone almost 10 times to even build it. It took, I'm on version three. 
It took learning Gumroad and learning how to build a welcome sequence, like all this stuff that goes into it. And that's the stuff that I'm most, you know, focused on sharing. I don't care about the number because it doesn't do anything for you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and some people are like, I, I, you know, I made this and I made that like, great. That's great for you. I celebrate it internally and I keep going. So I don't know. At at the end, it's like all about branding though. Like how, how would you convince someone to buy your template, right? If you're selling for $500, sure. it's about branding, like the trust that you build with them yeah. instead of your follower accounts. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, with Notion for Designers, so I actually just upped the price, which I only did because people would not stop telling me to up the price, but I sold it for $67 for over a year. Mm-hmm. And I always have, I have a discount code badass 10. It's always available. You can use it anytime to get $10 off. Uh, But I think I did two pieces of marketing and it has done nothing but sell itself. And so that is what I've relied on is the changes that people have had with incorporating it and using their own language to sell it. Um, And from that, you know, people don't really blink an eye in buying it. I've, I don't think I've ever had one negative review. I mean, I've had some people who are like, oh, does it do this? Or can you tack on this, you know, kind of clarifying questions. But for me, you know, I've seen the value that's come through. I mean, we have over almost 600 people that have gotten a hold of Notion for designers, which is insane to me. First of all, it's insane. Um, But from that, you know, I upped it to $97 and I cringed a little bit, but seeing all of the testimonials and all of that, I mean, that's what sells it is when you have people who are literally going, there's more value in here than a $7,000 program. That's the brand behind it. You know, I let people speak for themselves. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I think, I think when it comes to like branding a product and building the trust, you you cannot speak for other people. You have to let your consumer speak for it. And with that, you know, I, I, I built Notion for Designers originally for the, the designer in Ireland. And then I gave it to, I think, seven people for free to test out. And that's, I didn't even have a sales page yet. I didn't even have it. It wasn't public. And those were the seven testimonials I started with. Um, and then it just literally skyrocketed from there. So yeah, I think, I think relying on your feedback loop is the most important thing you can do to build the trust within something you're selling and not just selling the accolade too, but like talking about, yo, I'm rebuilding it because something didn't work. Right. And that's, I, I don't think I was on Twitter then, but, um, the end of last year, I rolled out version three, which is what we're on now based on notion updates and things like that. And so, um, yeah. And even like building in public, right. Like telling someone, Hey, you know, I was selling this and it wasn't working. So here's a new version I think can build a lot of trust with people. Yeah. I can see that you do provide a lot of values. Like, so anyone mm-hmm. is interested. So please, please go to notion, create notion, notion for designers, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, um, it's the sarahloretta.gumroad.com. Everything's on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually would like to talk more, but probably best to give you back for dinner time because it's kind of late. Yeah. For you. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. We can go another like five, 10 minutes if you want. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually very, very interested. Like just hear you sharing about like just branding and stuff and just yeah. how, how, in general, how you conduct yourself on the internet. 
mm-hmm. like you mentioned, like you're a no bullshit person, right? And it doesn't yeah. mean that it's easy for you. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, you're scared. You're afraid, like something new for you. That's, that's why you're always trying to learn new things. Mm-hmm. But then just because of this, like perseverance, how you actually strive. So yeah, I actually learned a lot. So yeah. thanks for having me today, Sarah. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, I think that's, you know, when you decide who you want to be online, you just have to, to live in, like you said, like, it's not easy. I mean, every time I post anything, I'm like, I'm, people are going to think I'm dumb. I mean, I think that constantly on Twitter because I mainly follow people who are like 10 steps ahead of me. Right. I, when I joined Twitter, I was very intentional about, I'm not just going to follow noise. I really want to make this a platform that I'm going to learn from. And I'm not going to go and like, just follow a bunch of people and hope that they follow me back. Like I, I literally don't care about any of that, but I constantly, I'm like, people are going to think I'm so dumb. People are going to think I'm so stupid because I'm learning this right now instead of like five years ago, you know? But I also think there's a lot of power in that and saying, Hey, I don't know everything, but I think it shows when you're willing to learn, that's all that matters, right? Like that's, you're going to go so much farther by saying, Hey, I'm new to this, right? Like the convert kit thing. I have done nothing but talk to people about convert kit for the last two weeks. And people are probably so annoyed with me, but I'm like, if I'm going to be intentional about moving a thousand people in my whole process and, you know, my subscribers and workflows and all that, like it has to be worth it. Right. And so having those conversations in public, you know, any advice I can give is like, just do it, you know, rip the bandaid off. And, and, you know, the worst somebody can say is no right? The worst thing somebody can say is just leave you on red and not respond. So, and then you go on and ask somebody else. So. Yeah. Maybe just another advice for me personally. It's just that mm-hmm. once you just do it, right? Actually, opportunity, yeah. like just opportunities just come to yourself. Like mm-hmm. you just come. The more you do, mm-hmm. the more exposure you gain, the more yep. surprises you get. It's mm-hmm. kind of amazing. I, yeah. I'm actually enjoying that process myself. Yeah. I think too, like, you know, you think about public speaking, right? You know, I think so many people want to be on, you know, like these, these incredibly high listened to podcasts, right? So this, mm-hmm. this podcast is obviously very new, right? Yeah. But I was like, no, this is my opportunity to talk about being an ocean creator and not feel weird about it. And so I, I saw your tweet and I, I was like DMing you, I don't care, you know, because for me, the more practice you have and the more people you learn, the better off you are long-term. And I think that's, you know, if you are listening to this and you're a new creator, stop chasing the accolade and just start doing. Let that speak for itself. Let let yourself experience the journey instead of being so focused on trying to go viral and trying to, you know, do the thing as quick as possible. Just enjoy the ride because before you know it, you're going to get up there and then you're not going to have anything in place and you're going to be losing your mind because you can't support the growth that you're experiencing. So take all the learning opportunities you can, whether that's getting on somebody's podcast or, you know, writing every day, who cares if somebody reads it or they don't read it, you're still building a skill, you know, do it for yourself. I think if more people did creative work for themselves, people would be a lot happier. That's just my opinion. <laughs> yeah, thanks for sharing, Sarah. So mm-hmm. that was nice having you today. So any last word that you want to share with anyone? Like, I know that you have been giving a lot of advice. Probably I, I can't count right now. Probably up more than 10. 
<laughs> no, um, no, thank you so much for having me. I really, I love talking about creative work and processes mm -hmm. and systems, obviously. Um, but yeah, you guys can follow me at the Sarah Loretta on Twitter. That's, I literally don't even go on Instagram really anymore. So hang out with me on Twitter. Um, and I'm, and I say this too, I feel like sometimes I'm begging people, but like, you can DM me, you can talk to me. Like I will, it is me running my social media. Like you can talk to me. I will answer as quickly as I can. And I'm always happy to, to have conversations online or we get coffee over zoom and, and talk more. So yeah, please yeah, so message me if you have questions, please. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely include your Twitter email in the description for the podcast. So anyone sure. have any questions, just reach out to Sarah. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Let me just Thank stop you. the recording.